foundation to think that authenticity is the ultimate goal. Be yourself, live your truth. And while that's not bad, we're excited to share a talk from Crystal Kurgis with a thoughtful, encouraging, and Jesus-centered pushback to this cultural narrative. Welcome to the Blackhawk Youth Leader Podcast. Jimmy here. I am pumped to share with y'all Crystal's opening session talk from the 2020 Youth Leader Conference. Yes, believe it or not, we held a conference in 2020, just a couple months before the world shut down, and it was awesome, especially this talk. Crystal is an author, speaker, teacher, and huge C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien nerd. Crystal earned her B.A. from Bethel University in St. Paul and her Ph.D. from Purdue University, where she later taught literature, writing, and Bible as literature. She loves spending time with middle school students in her local wildlife ministry and at her church. Since 2018, Crystal has served as the Vice President of Discipleship for Young Life. Um, in this talk, you're going to hear Crystal talk about this idea of being true to ourselves and how Jesus offers an invitation to a much bigger and much better way of being human. This is a main stage talk that you will hear pretty much in its entirety. One thing to be aware of is that she references some uh, adolescent brain development stuff from the talk right before her from Mark Ostriker. And if you're subscribed to this podcast, you'll see upcoming content from Marco. Um, but in this talk, uh, he talked about uh, the anterior cingulate, the part of the brain responsible for empathy, selflessness, and compassion, you know the Jesus-y stuff we're supposed to embody. We'll do a Teenage Brain episode at some point, but I think that's all you need to know for the context of this talk. So now, here's Crystal Curtis's entire opening session talk from the 2020 YLC stage. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about my favorite person. And it's not usually who I would talk about at a gathering of youth pastors. Usually I would talk about a really fun middle school kid that I met or um, a leader who's doing amazing work. But I want to talk to you today about my mom. And my mom uh, is the most unflashy person you could ever meet in your life. Sarah without an H because she's that unfancy. Just plain old S-A-R-A. She is untrendy. She is unhipster. She doesn't, she not only doesn't know about the Enneagram, but I'm sure she doesn't have an Enneagram number. She doesn't have numbers, colors, letters, an animal that describes who she is. She's from the farm. She was a farm girl her whole life. She's a thrifter. She sews, she cooks, um, she wears polyester 
clothes, <laughs> like not, not the cool kind, just polyester. Um, and she is one of the most amazing people I know. For 34 years, my mom was a youth worker. When Marco says everybody is a youth worker, this is the kind of youth worker my mom was. She was a teacher's aide in a special ed department at a high school for 34 years. Up until several weeks past her 78th birthday did she do that. 34 years with kids every day loving them. Um, everyone is a youth worker, and volunteers are the most important youth workers of all. If you are here and you're not paid, you are the reason youth ministry happens. We have 102 volunteers in our area in West Lafayette, Indiana. There'd be no ministry happening if it weren't for them. Um, in fact, some of our former volunteers, at least one of them is here today, still doing youth ministry in a different city, in a different town with a different job. That's because Alex Height is awesome. Um, I know. Go ahead. It's fine. You should whoop him up. The spirit loves that when you do that. Um, and I, I only recently have I wondered, what was the secret to my mom being able to do this for 34 years without any recognition, without anybody going, oh man, you're amazing. You are so awesome. How could she keep doing it? And there's something else that I've been thinking about in terms of faith for a couple of years, and all of a sudden these two things came crashing together, and I thought the reason she could do this was because these things were true about her, and I've only been thinking about things in a ministry context or a specifically discipleship context, but discipleship is the whole life of anybody who follows Jesus, so I don't know why I wasn't putting these things together, but I will tell you why I think my mom was so faithful and successful at doing this. And it wasn't because she was authentic, which is often what we hear is the secret to being a good youth worker is gonna be authentic. You're gonna be your authentic self and you're gonna share your authentic self with teenagers and encourage them to be their authentic selves and nothing against it, but it's not because my mom had the, the key or the corner on the market of authenticity. Um, though she was pretty confident in who she was, she was a thrifting farm girl who wasn't hipster and wasn't trendy and she didn't care about it at all didn't matter to her. But here's what I have come to think about authenticity in the last maybe two years as I've seen it sort of take hold, not just in culture at large, but especially in teenagers and college students who are being encouraged to at all costs pursue authenticity because if they don't, they're not gonna have a joyful and fulfilling life. And at least in terms of me, if authenticity means being true to myself, there is not a worse idea in the world. Because if it means just being true to my quirks, like I like the NFL, even if other people don't, I like books, sometimes I like being alone instead of with people, and I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about if I were to dig down deep and authentically always be true to what I desire, to what I think, to what I want, there goes my little corner of the world and probably the rest of the world with it. I cannot think of a worse idea than being true to the inner core of who I am and what I'm passionate about and what I love, at least in its natural state. And so I want to share with you my favorite passage. Marco and I did not plan this, but this is Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, where he had spent time in prison praying and singing. Uh, apparently because that was his norm, which I would agree with, but it also strengthened what his norm was. 
so it became more of his norm. And so what I'm going to read to you is something that is written by somebody who had an anterior cingulate that was supernaturally enormous, strong, thick, whatever it is. I don't know how you describe it. It reflects everything that Marco was talking about because this is a person who prayed and sang regularly. It's from Philippians 2, and we usually read it as one of the primary Christological passages in Scripture. This is the truth about Jesus. I totally agree with that, but I think it's far more than that. It is a, it is an anthem to the anterior cingulate, if that's such a thing. I don't know that it's ever going to show up that way in the little passages above, you know, in the script, in Bible where it tells you what this section is about. This one says, have the attitude of Christ. It could also be, develop your anterior cingulate because that's going to help you have the attitude of Christ. So, in the new, new, new living translation, that's what it's going to say. Let me read it to you. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Is there any comfort from his love? Is there any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble thinking of yourselves or thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Who, here's the thing, this is the attitude we're supposed to have. Though he was God, did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Isn't that interesting? Jesus did not go, I'm God, and so I'm going to be totally true to who that is and hang on to that. And yet we are told to be authentic and hang on to who I really am because that's what I deserve. Though he was God and deserved to be known as God and treated as God and everything else, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges he took the humble position of a slave. He was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. And therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Even though he deserved to be true to who he really was, he didn't cling to that. So this morning, what I just want to offer to you is maybe if you have been caught up in the man in order to do this for the long haul and in order to be good at it and in order for a lot of kids to really love me and tell people how much they love me, in order to do that, I need to be authentic. I don't actually think that that's true. 
I don't think that being true to ourselves, except for those quirks that God has designed in us, like if you love to dance and if you, you know, those things, yes, but the self that's deep down in here, ugh, honestly, <laughs> that I, have, I do that way too much. It is not the secret to anything that's good in my life. It's the cause of all the things that aren't good in my life. Here are the things that I would recommend that you be true to instead, uh, instead of you, me, the self. The first one would be the authority of God. Instead of the authenticity of me, it would be the authority of God. Jesus humbled himself in obedience to God. He was true to the authority of God. We often talk about God being the author of our lives. It's kind of this kitschy little thing right now because we like to talk about story and narrative. I'm all about it. My little necklace says story. I like books. It's kind of my deal. But I think whenever we talk about God as the author of our lives, we totally retain final editorial rights. I want God, actually, first we talk about write a better story for yourself. How presumptuous is that? We might go so far if we follow the Lord to say, let's let the Lord write the story of our lives. Hopefully he's going to make it better than it is right now. That's why I'm going to this, this thing on having a better story. But really, having God as the author of our lives means nothing unless really what he is is the authority of our life. And if we are true to that, that is probably the first step to having what I might call a long-lasting, effective ministry. I don't know how you measure that. I trust that the Lord knows. But the authority of God, being true to that, outweighs authenticity in terms of myself every day, all day, forever and ever. The second thing that I would say ranks far above authenticity in terms of us both being the Jesus followers that we're called to be and the youth workers that we're called to be is the humility of Jesus. Being true to the model of the humility of Jesus. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, who though he was God, he didn't think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he took on a humble position. The only person in the world who could even remotely claim to have the right to cling to being the Lord of his own life, for him that meant obeying God, humbly, coming under the authority of God. These go together hand in hand. My mom, I don't know if any of you remember this. I now can say my mom was the most amazing person ever, but I remember the day I was probably in eighth or ninth grade when I looked at my mom and for the first time had this very clear thought of, oh my word, I'm so embarrassed to be seen with her. <laughs> this woman who I had adored and looked up to my whole life, I think it's because we were at a track meet watching a very cute boy that I liked sitting with the very cute boy's family who were friends from church, so it was all fine people. I loved a Jesus lover. Um, and my mom was wearing a straw hat. Come on. <laughs> but she was from the farm, and she knew that she was going to get burned out there. So she was wearing a straw hat. And I was utterly embarrassed. But my mom 
was humble. And now that we are hearing from people that she's worked with, she's not working anymore, about how humble she was. They had no idea that she had a teaching degree. She was trained as a teacher, but she was an aide because it's where she felt that she could serve special ed students the most effectively because she doesn't have to do the paperwork. She gets to be with the students. The third one would be charity of spirit. Charity is an old word for love, but the Lord sends his Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love so that we can love others, we can love him. Charity of the Spirit, being true to the charity of the Spirit and to the life of the Spirit, but the world is greatly lacking in charity, which I would say is really another form of compassion. Love is compassion. And it does not come naturally to most of us. It is supernaturally given to us by the Spirit. Love one another. Work together. Think of others as better than yourselves. Care for each other. It's all over in this passage. The things about the authority of God and the humility of Jesus and the charity of the Spirit. And the last one would be, be true to the community of the kingdom. All these words end with I-T-Y because that kind of thing matters to me and I'm okay authentically telling you that. <laughs> they all end with itty at the end. The community of the kingdom is probably one of the hardest things that we are all called to do. Because it doesn't just mean my little kingdom of the people who I've decided to hang out with because we get along and like each other. It means God's kingdom, which is his creation. The community of the kingdom. Work together. Be like-minded. Have the same purpose. Agree wholeheartedly with each other, as long as they're right and are thinking the same thing that we are. Oh, wait, <laughs> That is totally not in there. I thought it was. <laughs> My mom was true to the authority of God. She was true to the humility of Jesus. She was true to the charity of the Spirit. And she was true to the community of the kingdom in ways that I didn't even realize until just lately. My mom died on December 6th. She worked up until three weeks before she went into the hospital. She had a really quick hospital stay about cancer complications. The most humble person ever. Um, most of the people that she worked with hadn't known that she'd been fighting cancer for four years because she didn't want to make a big deal about it. She missed school a couple of days for surgery, but she just said she was taking sick days because it was never about her. It wasn't about her. It wasn't about what she did. It wasn't about how awesome she was. It wasn't about how she was great at what she did because she put herself under the authority of her creator and Lord because she truly believed that having the humility of Christ is what mattered in terms of how she lived her life. Because she had charity of spirit, she loved teenagers that a lot of other people looked right past. And because she was true to the community of the kingdom, she did have a small group of people around her who were also followers of Jesus who were with her to the very end. She didn't need to have a big circle of friends for it to be real. You don't need to have a huge youth group for your community of the kingdom to be beautifully and wonderfully world-changing. I think if we can be true to those four things, then we possibly can discover 
God's design for our authentic self and then authenticity might be an okay idea to slip in there. But really what it is for us is being true to those other four things. And gracious, if anybody needs to be surrounded by that kind of people today, it's teenagers. When this part of their brain, not this and this, but this thing is developing, not only do they need to have help developing it, they need to see it being modeled. Oh man, we're the ones who hopefully take seriously the weight of the wonder and the joy of being the ones who get to model it. What a privilege. Let me pray. God, help us be people who not only accept but embrace your authority. Be people who not only admire but imitate your humility. Help us be people who not only speak well of, but also live into your charity and love. And help us be people who do maybe the hardest thing of all and embrace the idea of being one kingdom with one Lord who is filled with one spirit, who follows one savior, because only one thing matters. And that is that we are yours and you are our Father. In Jesus' name, amen. That was a helpful reminder of your identity in Christ and encourages you to be true to the authority of God, the humility of Jesus, the charity of the Spirit, and the community of the church. If we can all keep taking next steps towards these four areas, we will not only become better leaders, but we will become the authentic self that God wants us to be. May God bless you on your journey of becoming more like Christ for the sake of the gospel. Grace and peace, friends. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Blackhawk Youth Leader Podcast.